Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. I'm Tina Robertson, your host. And in today's episode, listen, never has it been more important for us to get in life's ring with anxiety and fear and knock them out. In this past year, these are emotions that most of us have experienced and may not have fully understood all of their implications. Well, today, we're going to get clarity on these two emotions so that we can keep them from beating us down in our lives. So get your ear up on this one. It's full of good stuff. And we'll be back in just a moment. When I was in grad school, one of my internships was at a community service clinic that was an extension program of the School of Social Work. We offer counseling and therapeutic services to the general public. And so while I was there for the semester, I inherited a client, a partner in therapy, who had seen a host of intern therapists before me. So I felt a bit overwhelmed by her case history, especially being a newer intern. This client was a young woman in her late 20s who was having severe panic attacks and had been having them for years. She also had a chronic history of physiological symptoms, what we call somatic symptoms, particularly with her digestive system, which is pretty commonplace in the body to carry stress and trauma and fear. Because you do know that the physical body is the holder of our emotions and feelings. So she was fearful of having bowel accidents when she would be out somewhere, not knowing if she would experience something that would trigger the feeling of her needing to go to the restroom. So she shared with me that this affected her life in every way, in her dating life, in work, in school, and going to new public places. She also shared that when she would go to a restaurant or a bar, she would find a seat either near the door or near a restroom. Literally, her life was being controlled by fear, anxiety, and panic. Now, previous intern therapists had helped this client identify that the source of her fear and her anxiety and the panic she was dealing with began as a young child after her parents divorced. And due to the trauma and stress that she experienced because of that occurrence in her life, she often felt sick to her stomach and that caused her to feel a constant need to eliminate bowel waste. Essentially, y'all, her life had been controlled by these emotions and it resulted in a disruption of her quality of life. She was simply just trying to survive in the aftermath of something traumatic that left her trapped in a state of anxiety and fear-based behaviors. This woman came to my mind when I thought about how fear and anxiety come into our lives and cling to us day after day, year after year, and season after season, if we allow it. In episode 40, we talked about the fact that situations which can cause us fear come unexpectedly and out of nowhere at any time. And we can develop a fear complex and live trapped in a fear lifestyle if we're not careful. I do hope this woman was able to find some peace because 
the burden of fear and anxiety living is too great to bear for a lifetime, really for any extended time. Surely that's what Jesus told us over and over when he said, do not fear. And, you know, biblical scholars say that this command from Jesus is listed at least 365 times in the Bible, which is what? One for each day of the year, right? And we're also told not to worry. And in keeping with that, the Apostle Paul writes to us that God did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear is an emotion, though, that we will experience like anger, sadness, frustration, happiness, excitement, and so on. But when fear builds a home inside of our lives and invites us to stay there and demands that we pay a fear mortgage, it has then become an enemy to us and it cheats us out of the life that God has purposed for us. Jesus said he came to give us an abundant and a rich, full life. Now, according to the ADAA, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety is the most common mental health issue in our country. It affects close to 20% of the total population, and it's more commonly diagnosed in women. And I just kind of wonder, you know, we have so much responsibility on our plates, caring for children, going to work, being caregivers for others, trying to find time for ourselves being contributors to the home financially, and all of this while trying to take care of our own health and so many other external factors. So I wonder if some of this may account for us being statistically higher in anxiety diagnoses. And since being freed up starts with the truth and knowing what's real, there is research that suggests that 85% of what we are anxious about doesn't even happen the way we think it will. Imagine if we could get that 85% back from our minds, our entire way of life would totally change. So today I want to share a few things about fear and anxiety that I hope will help inform us a bit more about how we can address these clingy emotions in our lives when they present themselves. And I want to spend a broader part of the time in this episode discussing anxiety in particular. If you pair today's episode with the spiritual strategies that we talked about in episode 40, Courage Up to Overcome Fear, then you will be on your way to getting freed up from fear. And guess what? I am joining you in that effort as well. So today we'll be talking about fear and anxiety and what can cause them to show up in our lives and how they can look in our thoughts and behaviors. And I'll also close out today's episode with just a couple of practical strategies for helping us manage fear and anxiety. And then in our next episode, we'll talk in more detail about different types of anxiety and we'll discuss panic and phobias. And I'll also share some additional strategies in that episode as well. So we are living in times that create much uncertainty as well as highlights the darker side of our existence. We've seen and heard some frightening and scary things over this last year, friends. We don't know what's coming next. It feels very much unpredictable. The truth is that this has always been the case. We don't live in a safe, predictable world. And if there's nothing else that we've learned during this pandemic time in our lives, our awareness is more heightened to this fact. We really have no control over what may come our way at any time given time. 
Thankfully, though, we can control what and how we think about it and whether or not we ask for help and make good on that ask. I can transparently say that this pandemic season has brought on some fearful and anxious thoughts, emotions, and behaviors in me that I've not seen before. Certainly not in the intensity and duration of what I've experienced over these last few months. And some of the reasons are not just pandemic related. And I've heard from some of you who've shared similar sentiments. This patch in time in our lives is hard, y'all. I don't care how super spiritual you are or super self-cared up you are. Can somebody say, we all need to get freed up in this time? And that's exactly why this podcast is so important to me to host. And I hope for you to hear. Freed up is a journey because life is full of ups and downs and twists and turns. We're going to encounter many different experiences in life that may rock our world from time to time. That'll cause fear and anxiety to knock on our emotional front door. I know you can think of right now one or more instances in this year and even before now when you had to deal with these challenging emotions. I've heard from clients, from friends, including many of you freedom friends, that fear and anxiety, even panic, has been a result of facing life without loved ones, that you've lost to COVID-19, that it's been a result of having to go into a workplace where you don't necessarily feel safety is paramount for you, but you go anyway because you need your job and your health insurance, or maybe just having to exist in a climate where everything seems so negative all the time, especially in the political space. And others have simply talked about the fact that Relationships seem to be in a state of flux. The feeling of more isolation is creating so much worry and fear about being alone. So listen, it's in these times where we simply have to courage up to acknowledge what we are feeling. This is not the time for self-judgment or to simply try and hope yourself into a better state of mind. This is the time for us to grab hold of our faith and our wellness tools to get freed up and not live feared up. So first, let's understand what fear and anxiety is and some of their associated emotions and behaviors. Now, fear is one of the most powerful emotions we can experience. And fear and anxiety are closely related. Both contain this idea of danger or possibility of something harming or hurting us. But there is a slight difference. So fear is an emotional response to a known or definite threat. Let's say you're at the store shopping and somebody suddenly walks in and initiates a robbery. You would certainly have a fear response. Clearly, this is a real definitive and immediate threat to your safety. Now, anxiety, on the other hand, is when we worry about something that is not definite and is not clear or is not known. You ever heard that adage, it's all in your head? Well, that's kind of a a really good description of anxiety. It hasn't happened yet. However, anxiety can make something feel very real. It can feel like it's happening in real time, even though it's not. And it hasn't occurred, and there are no guarantees that it will. So take the scenario that we used about the store incident. Anxiety would look a little different. It would look like being in the store and being preoccupied and worrying 
that someone might come in and rob the store just because you saw some teenagers outside that looked like they were up to no good. So in essence, anxiety occurs when we believe that a possibility will become a reality as it relates to something bad or threatening happening to us. And here's the real stressful part of anxiety. We are paying more attention to possible signs of potential threat while trying to determine whether we actually have what we need to cope with it. And when we start to sense that we're anxious and don't feel like we're coping with the situation, guess what? We can start becoming even more anxious and this creates a cycle of anxiety. The Center for Clinical Interventions describes the cycle in this way. If you feel anxious or anticipate feeling anxious, it makes sense that you will do things to reduce your anxiety. So people sometimes try and reduce their anxiety by avoiding a particular situation altogether. Well, guess what? This avoidance may decrease the anxiety in the moment because you haven't put yourself in a distressing situation. But avoidance will only make anxiety better in the short term. And those anxiety symptoms are simply just put on hold. They are still there awaiting the opportunity to return and create mental and physical havoc in our lives. And when something else occurs that triggers that anxiety in us, then we are in this looping of trying to avoid that situation again. And now we're caught up in that cycle. Also, I want to say that fear and anxiety can be experienced together. So. Let's say that someone you know has been very unkind to you, almost like a bully, maybe even abusive. You may actually fear their presence because they are a threat to you. They're a real danger. And you can also be anxious about them doing something else to harm you, even though nothing may have occurred at that present time. So you see, there's a real threat there and the anxiety is a perceived threat because you believe there's a possibility that something hurtful might happen. And this is important to know because sometimes we are experiencing both emotions at the same time. So what does fear and anxiety look like when we are experiencing them? Well, we've covered the basic difference between the two. So here's what I want you to take away from all of that. Make it the simple statement. Fear is the real threat. Anxiety is an imagined threat. Got it? But here's the deal. What we experience as a result of fear and anxiety, it looks pretty much the same. When we feel threatened for any reason, our bodies kick us into this fight, flight, freeze mode. This is the body's way of keeping us safe from the danger or the perception of something threatening. And we're going to experience physical symptoms like an increase in our heart rate, we might have a shortness of breath and some muscle tension. And these are survival responses and they are intended to only be short term, long enough to help us get out of that threatening situation. But when we are caught in that cycle of anxiety, listen friends, these physical responses will stay elevated and we can experience these symptoms on an ongoing basis even when the threat or perceived threat has passed. We can also experience other symptoms that affect our daily interactions and our behaviors. And so here are some other ways that might cue you or signal to you that maybe you are in a place of anxiety or even fear. 
You might feel restless or wound up, feel on edge. You might feel easily fatigued. Maybe you have chest pains or cold chills or hot flushes. Sometimes you can even feel dizzy or faint. You might have excessive sweating, headaches, muscle pain, stiffness. You can even have numbness and tingling, ringing or pulsing in the ears. Or maybe you could have trembling and shaking. Your stomach might feel nauseous. You might feel tight in your body, especially in your head, your jaw, and your neck. Well, that's some of the physical symptoms you could have. Mentally, when you're experiencing anxiety and fear, it can feel like you are going insane or that you just don't have confidence in yourself. You can start to doubt yourself and other people a little bit more than you might have before. Or you may struggle with focusing and concentrating. You might also become forgetful and have memory lapses or loss. And emotionally, you might feel like crying more easily. You might feel more down than usual. That's why feelings of depression can also accompany and be a part of anxiety. You might feel overwhelmed or just simply not like yourself. So hopefully that backdrop and that background helps to give you an idea of whether you're experiencing anxiety or fear or both. But as we wrap up today, I'm going to offer a couple of strategies that you can begin to incorporate as responses to any fear or anxiety that you might be having. Now, keep in mind, these are research-based and neurobiology practices that should be used consistently, not just one or two times. And we say neurobiology, we simply mean that they are to help your mind calm and your body calm, okay? But also know that they will help you whether your anxiety is more situational-based, meaning that it occurs generally around a particular time or issue, and then it eventually subsides. If your anxiety is more generalized, it could be constant, and you may not be able to point out a particular factor or situation that's causing it. Now, if it doesn't seem to be getting under control after using some of these strategies, if it seems to persist and become more intense and last for longer periods of time, then it's probably time for you to see your doctor. You can go to a primary care, your primary care doctor, or you can seek out help from a therapist. So let's first start with this strategy. I wanna give you some basics on breathing. And we talk about breathing a lot. We talked about it on Freed Up. You've probably heard other people talk about it. I don't want you to take this strategy for granted because it is the freest, most accessible gift that we have to calm ourselves down. It is amazing that God has given us a stress response system that alerts us when we feel danger, but he also gave us a stress relief system to help us calm down all in one body. That's the amazing handiwork of God. So I want to explain how breathing works. We have a sympathetic nervous system, which is our stress response system. But we also have the stress relief system, which is our parasympathetic nervous system at work. So let's think of it like a car. When you rev up the car, you are putting stress on the system of the car. If you keep your foot on that pedal and you keep revving it up, it will only be so long before the engine will overheat and the car will become damaged. That's what happens when you put so much stress 
and so much pressure and anxiety on the body, eventually it takes its toll. So now think about taking your foot off the pedal. That's where our parasympathetic nervous system takes place. That's our stress relief system. When we pull off of the stress, we let our body get back to a normal process of idling. So breathing helps to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which activates our vagus nerve. And that nerve helps to push oxytocin through our system, which is a hormone that makes our bodies calm and feel good, feel better. So I know that's a lot because that's the actual technical science behind it. But when you think about the car scenario, think about the fact that when you're anxious, it's like the pedal on your car being pressed down. And when you begin to calm your body, it's like your car is back to a normal state of idling. And that's what you want your body to do. You want your body to come back to a normal state of breathing and thinking. So practice breathing as your first strategy. And you'll want to breathe from your diaphragm. I want you to practice this particular breathing exercise, which we call four, seven, eight. Four, seven, eight simply is that you breathe from your diaphragm. Breathe in for four seconds, hold for seven seconds, and then breathe out eight seconds. The longer your exhale, the more power in the relief. And you're also strengthening your vagus nerve. So remember, the power is in the exhale. Breathe in for four, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. And you'll want to do that throughout the course of the day. Remember, again, these are practices that need to remain consistent. Another mind-body approach that will help to calm you is the emotional freedom technique, EFT for short, and it's also commonly known as tapping. It is an alternative technique that's got strong and continued emerging evidence for its effectiveness, and it's actually one of my favorites. Um, I've had much success using this for situations of anxiety that I've experienced, and I've seen a lot of success with it in my client base as well. So this involves using your fingertips to tap on various pressure points on your hands, your head, your face, and different areas of your body while you're focusing on an issue that you want to resolve, like the anxious thoughts and emotions. It's rooted in Chinese tradition of using acupuncture to release healing in the body. So it simply works like this. You'll tap in a rotation onto a series of acupoints or pressure points, including those areas that I just mentioned. So I'm going to give you a rotation to use. You'll probably have to come back to this part of the episode and write these down to make sure that you get them, but that's okay. First, you start with the outside of your hand, which is kind of between the end of the base of where the pinky finger is and between the wrist. So on that part of your hand is one of the pressure points and the areas that you'll start tapping. And when you tap, just kind of tap moderately. It shouldn't hurt. Tap about seven to 10 times. And while you're tapping, you're going to speak a specific affirming statement to yourself, which in the EFT technique, we call this a reminder phrase. That phrase may be something like, even though I feel anxious, I am capable and enough to overcome it. 
whatever is meaningful to you to affirm to yourself and reinforce this positive attribution as a way to help you combat that anxious moment, say that. And listen, don't think too hard on it. Just make it simple until you start getting the hang of it. Something simple like, I am strong in this moment. Now, I personally often incorporate scripture while I'm tapping. One of my go-to scriptures is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So start with the outside of your hand, as I mentioned earlier. You'll tap about seven to 10 times and you will state your reminder phrase at the same time. Then you're gonna move to the next pressure point. The next pressure point that you should go to is to tap onto the very top of your head Again, seven to 10 times while you're doing this, you're repeating your reminder phrase. And then the rest of the sequence, you're going to tap into these other areas. You'll go to your eyebrow points, which are right near your nose bone. You'll tap in those areas the same amount of time, repeating your reminder phrase. Then you'll go to the outside of your eyes. Do the same sequence, the seven to 10 and the reminder for each of these pressure points. Then you'll go underneath your eyes and then you'll go under your nose, just above your lip. And then you'll go to your chin and then your collarbone points. And finally, under your arm. These are the points that you'll use for tapping. Remember, seven to 10 taps each pressure point while saying the reminder phrase in a series. And you'll do those in a rotation. So you'll do a round of all of those and then take a moment to just see how your body's feeling. If you're starting to calm, maybe rate yourself on a one to 10 when you started. How intense was it when you first began? Has that shifted? Did it go from like a nine to maybe a seven? Then start your round again until you're able to bring the intensity of those emotions and feelings down. After a few rounds of tapping, most people report feeling lighter and calmer and able to breathe more easily. So try it and find out for yourself. Now, listen, y'all, we're out of time today. That was a whole lot. You got to dissect this episode. You'll probably have to listen to it two or three times, and that's okay, because this is great information that I know is going to help us, especially as we approach the holiday seasons and we're feeling more isolated because of some of the restrictions and the spikes with COVID-19. Be sure you take this and use it over and over as much as you need to. Send me an email if you have any questions or if you want to share any feedback on your practice of these. I'd love to hear from you. And remember, the key is making it a practice. That means consistency. Okay. Hey, y'all, we're out of time. As always, know that you don't walk this road alone. I am walking right alongside with you. And remember, God loves you. I love you and make sure you take care of you.